delighted to be triggered in this special one-off episode. The amazing Bee Britannia is back and we put the world to rights on some of the following subjects. The insidious censorship that continues on social media, how to reprogram our minds and manifest and how we should make decisions from instinct rather than anxiety. We discuss the programming that takes place in mainstream schools and why Holly Willoughby could learn a thing or two from us on how to talk to our children about current world affairs. We chat a bit more about symptoms and why healthy people do still have symptoms and what we need to do about them when we do. And we chat about dealing with trauma and peeling back layers and the power of small steps. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I've... um... I'm on this farm now and I learned I was attended my first chicken butchering um you know what I love that I'm vegetarian right but I fucking love that because I think I have no issues at all with people I think if we want to eat meat let's fucking kill it ourselves and this this is it this this is what the journey I mean you you know I think I for 2020 for six months in 2020 I was on a vegan commune so let for anybody who's not familiar with my backstory let's just this has been one hell of a transition but as you know as you and I have spoken in in depth about um before certainly with the way everything's going agenda 2030 the biggest thing for me at the start of all that was right I cannot be reliant on buying my food from anywhere mm. I, that, that 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 no longer is you know obviously it is an option at the moment but you you start thinking long term and you get into that mindset of like right how like how do I grow my own stuff where's the but you know mm. and you start looking into like really being able to self-sufficiently provide your family with food and um it was the beginning of I think it was the end of last year I started coming towards the teachings of the Western A Price Foundation had my whole thinking flipped on its head. Isn't isn't that lovely, Lisa? When when you're presented with evidence that contradicts your your deep held beliefs, and you're able to to take an unbiased look at it and learn from it, what what would the world look like if you could do that with medicine? I wonder. But as soon as I made the decision that I was moving me and the kids back onto animal products, it's like right, big girl pants on. If you want to eat meat kill it yourself like I'm not I'm not you, you know because the fear thing is although the way the animal is slaughtered is a big big thing for me because that was one of the big reasons that I, I stopped eating meat so it's just it's the ultimate self-responsibility isn't it if you want to do it make sure you're doing it for yourself like yourself so yeah that's, that's awesome I love it I absolutely love it should we should we go straight in dive straight Going in on everything let's just dive in yeah, so you, Eva, have, t- have bought me out of podcast retirement. So, thank you. Yeah. It's, a pl- it's a pleasure. Your voice needs to be heard. So I'm glad I was the one that was able to motivate you to get, to yeah, get well, I was back out there. After, that, after the censorship, which I think we need to address. Like, so I have no, I've no plan for this because I thought, actually, I love it. When we chatted last time, we went off onto vampires and Eric North. <laughs> And all sorts got covered last time. Yeah, so I thought I haven't really got like, you know, a, a strict agenda. And I thought, let's just see where we go. But the censorship, because it's such a gaslighting type of censorship, because I don't think they're deleting accounts now, because that's too obvious, isn't it? If you delete, mm. 
it's a much it's more insidious. It's just, it's just impossible to find. You can't find, I mean, I know for me, you've got to type my whole name in. I used to be on Instagram as the alchemist anarchist. And I went back to using my name, B. Britannia, purely because people had to type the whole thing out to find me. And it's such a long ass, you know, words to type out I was like I had to go back to me Britannia even then you've still got to type out every single letter I get messages every single day without fail oh my goodness I suddenly realized I hadn't seen your stories for a while so I went to look at your account I'm no longer following you I definitely didn't unfollow you you know it's it's deliberate and it's I mean I'm I'm on uh, Facebook right now and when I go to log in it comes up with a red warning telling me that my account's restricted. Uh, only I can see this, but my account's restricted. And um, it tells me, it tells me we're not showing your posts. Mm. And you, so, so, then you, so then you get into the mindset of well, what's the fucking point? And it's so disheartening because you have all this stuff that you want to share. You have, you have stuff that, not to blow anyone's trumpet, but that needs to be heard, that deserves to be heard. Everybody's voice deserves to be heard. I'll even argue that a pro-vaxxer deserves to be heard because it's there. If you're mm. convicted, if, if you've got your convictions and you believe in what you're saying, then mm. say it by all means. But it becomes so disheartening not to even want to because you think, well, I'm, I'm going to write all this. I'm going to pour my heart out. I'm going to share my views, my opinions, you know, my dreams, my desires, my fears, and no one's going to see it. But people mm. want to see it and they're not allowed to see it. And it, oh, fucking in fuel and if you're trying if you're tying it into as both of us do you know a way to build a career and a way to sustain an income it really is fucking difficult to be up against it's all I get that completely because I that's when I reached out to you and I thought actually no we need to do another podcast because you know as posting stuff and then every day like my followers just get chipped and they're not that it matters how many followers you've got at all I don't care about that but it's oh, no, the, point, it's the principle yes I I know when I'm losing followers because I've always been controversial you know pre-covid I was talking about uh, how deadly the MMR was how I don't think children should be educated in school so I've always I've always spoken on very controversial things and it's always obvious when you lose a bunch of followers organically because of something you've said because mm. they don't agree with you which I I like losing followers that way it means I've triggered you it means I've got you thinking something it's like brilliant if you I lost thousands recently when I announced that I was eating meat again because obviously I'd gone had a lot of vegan followers I've been living on a vegan commune I, I get all these vegan followers I make an announcement I'm eating meat they drop by the bucket load. It's that's fine. That's great. That's very organic. It's when, like you said, they're getting chipped away when they're being removed and not choosing to not follow you. Follower number doesn't matter at all, but it matters when people are wanting to listen to you, are wanting to follow what you are saying, and you know, have it provoke their thoughts. And they're not, they're chipped away, they're taken away, and they're not even. They're not even told. It's oh, it's so infuriating. It is, and it's really demoralising. What you said, like you just said, what's the point? Like I, I was like that a few weeks back. I was like, what's the point in posting? Because Instagram mm. doesn't like what I have to say, and yeah, no one's going to see it. No one, you know, and it it, be, it becomes an echo chamber because it's like, for example, no matter how shadow bound I get, you always see my stuff, 
and likewise i always see your stuff and it's because they know they they they, they leave you this small sort of dedicated audience that don't like with the greatest of respect you you don't need to be reading my stuff and likewise because all that we learn from each other sure we absolutely do but we it, we're not bringing each other new information do you know what i mean Lisa? Yeah, so no, they completely keep, they keep your followers as this small echo chamber and it just becomes you bouncing your the set the opinions off the uh, people who are holding the same ones and it's like fucking useless <laughs> I know completely do you know do you have any like have that was a few weeks ago have your thoughts evolved on like what we should do or what how people can get their message out or I think I mean the, the meta isn't it your Instagram your Facebook I think we need to accept that you're, we're not going to win that game mm-hmm. and I'm almost at a point of not nor do I necessarily want to you know th- what's happened recently with um the newspaper coverage of the Ukraine I thought that actually I needed to be getting heard on Instagram and Facebook because I thought that that's where a lot of like-minded people are I don't think it is it it literally is the whole place is a robot echo chamber who are still like well yeah they've lied about Covid but they're definitely not lying about Putin no that's ridiculous and absurd you know they're still all in this not all, obviously, but the majority seem to be. And so I'm just really focusing on, I, you know, I believe that we're divinely protected. I believe that as light workers, we are divinely protected. And I believe that who needs to hear us will find us. I have to hold that belief. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I'd, what, what would be the point? But I do hold that belief. That is a genuine, the, genuine belief that you can't destroy what God's building. Mm-hmm. And so I do hold the faith that who does need to hear my message, my message will reach, regardless of what platform, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or some other one that we manage to all gravitate to, I don't know. But I, I, I don't know what the answer is when it comes to navigating it. Because even even if you stop posting, which I, I did for ages, I don't think I mentioned the C word, the V word, for the longest, longest time. It doesn't matter, you're still on their list. <laughs> I think it's become regardless now of what you're posting. You're just you're on this this shadow band sensor list. So yeah, I think you're right. And one thing actually, you addressed in one of your newsletters, which I, I love your newsletters. By the way, so Thank you can you. sign up if um if you haven't. I'll put a link about these accounts that aren't that like big ones like Russell Brand, you know, mm. or accounts where they're kind of people think they're awake maybe they are who knows but um they're not censored you know what's your thoughts on on that my thoughts are if they they want you to be influenced by by these people there's a classic one that I won't name she's got she's over a hundred thousand followers um preaches about you know standing in serenity and you're all we're all goddesses and um you know the media is definitely definitely full of shit you know and all the rest of it COVID doesn't exist but then she'll openly state that she's had COVID and that she's taken, you know, this is the ivermectin that I've had and all the rest of it. And people, you know, people are reading this thinking she's awake, but she's she's clearly, clearly, and look, if you believe in germ theory, you're not awake as far as I'm concerned. That's my fucking cut off definition. Okay. That's my baseline to work with on what level of awakeness you're at. And if you're failing baseline, and I'm not interested in what you've got to say, 
But what you've got to remember is these people have been granted influencer status for a reason. They want you to be influenced by these accounts that have the blue ticks and like, like Russell Brand. I'm sorry, Russell Brand's content is, is, is dire as far as I'm concerned. I think he spouts out nothing but fear porn. And again, he's another one who never once questions um, germ theory. And so if they want you, you know, by they, if the metaverse, if these psychopaths in control want you to be influenced by these people, then of course they're going to be pushing the algorithms in, in their favour. This is all again, you, your mind is the most brilliant, incredible computer machine and it is getting programmed by the minute with what you are clicking on, what you are reading and they know this. And they know that, you know, so you've got these, these followers on Instagram, these users on Instagram who are deeming themselves awake, you know, yeah, COVID's definitely bullshit. So they start showing you the Russell Brands and, all, and, the, and the Joe Rogans. They start giving you this little bit of reassurance when the actual truth, truth accounts, you know the ones I mean, the likes of, you know, your Ryan Martin, your Slowdown Farmstead, your Jacqueline Dunn. They cannot get their work out for love no fucking money. And their baseline argument is germ theory is bullshit. So they never really let you get to the deep, deep truth. They start, they show you your Russell Brands and your Joe Rogans and people are like, yeah, we've got woke leaders. We've got woke, you've not at all. You've got people who are just as programmed, but on a different level. Like influence yourself. The only thing that should be influencing your decisions is your primal instinct. And it's not what's what's influencing them left, right and center right now is an algorithm. I love that. And um, just to go back, actually, what one thing you said there about the fear porn, because that's one thing that I've got completely sort of sick about on Instagram as well as, you know, truth accounts where it's I, there might there might be very good intentions there. But mm. it's, it feels like it's feeding into this fear porn, because if you look at what's happened over the last couple of years, like I'm awake and I know what potentially could happen. Yeah. But if I sit there and think about, oh, my God, transhumanism, gender and this and that, you know, and get so fixated on that, actually, what is better to do is to go out there and start growing my own vegetables, home educate my kids. Absolutely. It is like rather than if you want to focus on anything, focus on peace. Yeah. You know, focus on love, focus on joy, on on expansion, on on self-responsibility. But people don't. They say. You know, you've got now people all focusing on war or then they'll all focus on this, on, on the 2030 agenda. All you need to know, surely, is that it's all an illusion. Everything that you're getting shown is a lie. So therefore, just tune in, take complete responsibility for yourself. Like you said, for your food. where's your food coming from? Where's your water coming from? Where's your energy coming from? Focus on, focus on all of that. There's nothing you need to know. Just, but people don't want to. They want to keep going down a rabbit hole. They need, people need answers. It's the human condition. They can't just accept that, you know. No, we don't. You don't need to know everything. You just need to surrender into the flow and trust and take responsibility for your own actions and choices. Forget what every other fuck is doing. Yeah, I love that. And you become so. I think you can become so fixated on this the flip side of the narrative that actually yeah. yeah you just lose 
um, you lose that ability to go with the flow, surrender and do do that. So I'm I'm interested, actually, on your thoughts. You know, you've ne- and what I love about your account is you've your you embody sovereignty and I didn't say that right but and free living you know you really do and that's kind of what I want to follow on Instagram see on my feed of people that live it that walk their talk and I find I I feel like now the COVID narrative and you might not even know because you don't even watch the news at all so you might be like Lisa I don't know but the COVID narrative now it's kind of crumbling away I feel like on some of these freedom groups or truth groups it's almost like they're clinging on to it absolutely absolutely it's it really goes to show that people need something they need something to be getting themselves worked up about or getting themselves in a tis about it's it's the human condition you become addicted the trauma I believe it's trauma bonding I believe it's you become addicted to the emotions that you that you exhibit when when you're stressed when you're angry and you become hooked on them I used to be the most, God, I used to wake up angry and go to bed angry every single day for, for the longest, longest time. And it wasn't until I started doing some really deep work on myself that I realised I didn't know who I was outside of those emotions. That was a terrifying thing to discover. Like, who, I, who, who am I if I'm not pissed off all the time? I don't actually know who I am if I'm not constantly pissed off. And I think people are like that now when they're clinging to this, um, just to disruption, and to chaos because it keeps it it's a sense of normality for them and it also it's a it's a distraction anything that stops you focusing on what is going on in here and in here is why people want to do it because there's nothing more frightening than just fucking sitting with yourself and facing yourself it's the scariest thing in the world it's 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 imperative but it's terrifying and people don't want to don't want to ever do that so they'll keep clinging to the to the covid narrative or it'll be the next narrative now it'll all be about you know the ukraine and war and next one will be climate change hiv fucking insert zombie apocalypse yeah so how how did you um, i know you've got a huge lot you know you've had a big journey and you've done so much work you know are you happy to share a bit with the people listening how you went from that clinging on to anger because I think we can identify oh, with I that. mean it's it's that that that's definitely a journey it's that's just on it's unpeeling layers and and working with people working with like the holistic psychologist her book is a great place to start but the the journey I went on was with a woman called Sufi I will happily um link your uh, link to her, her courses if your listeners would like to explore further yeah, I'll um, put that down, definitely. she's the most remarkable sh- she's a shadow alchemist for want of a better word she just really helps you sit with what it is that's that's the cause of your anguish the cause of your trauma and they, they can it can be the most astonishing of things you know people don't realize that our energy centers our chakra centers are formed between the ages of zero and seven and it's that, you know, some, some of us are holding on to birth trauma. And when, you're, when you start with these, um, this journey, it can sound absolutely insane, you know, sort of like how can birth trauma, my birth possibly be impacting? But you know, as your work as a, home, as a homeopath, I'm sure, I'm yeah. sure you'll have come across people with like chronic conditions and it's, you've taken it back, you've taken it back, you've taken it back. And it's like, oh, at 18 months when, you know, this happened and you've given them a remedy for grief or 
something else and then you'll see you know the rest of the stuff unfold it's you cannot discount what your body has been holding on to and what as, a, as an adult you might find you know find dismissive so something like um your mum being late home from from work or something something really you know that you as an adult you'd say was trivial well if at four years old you were sat there not actually knowing when your mum was coming back to you and that was evoking feelings of fear and terror and abandonment that's a valid emotion that you've held on to that will of course triggers throughout and it, it wasn't until you started unpeeling the layers of well actually no why did why did you choose to make sex work your reality what was that what was that issue that oh well that's because I never held, held any value so let's explore that why did you never hold any value on your own body oh that was probably because I, I used to so you take it back and you take it back and you take it back until all that you're left with is this little girl that you want to love protect dance paint and take to the beach and that's like that's pretty much what I do now I just take my inner child to the beach every day rock on amazing you do embody like the yeah the dream life you know or what people often want I think go, being by the beach being free you know and I think you do you embody it, I mean it was it was my ultimate why because when I when I chose to leave the UK I I chose to leave because I thought Agenda 2030 was getting rolled out in like a, a sort of 16 week space I honestly believe when I left the UK that it was we were like six months away from you know no cash um chips to go everywhere that I, I really saw that and um my ultimate why was right where 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 can we go I thought well you need it needs to be somewhere that if you're homeless you won't freeze and it needs to be somewhere that you can forage food if you're penniless those were my thoughts people are always like why did you go to Crete and it, that's that's the God's honest answer it was it was that basic well if we're homeless we won't freeze and if we're penniless we can forage. Do you know what I mean? That was the that was the base, base, baseline. And obviously it never came to that. My journey's been incredible and got and God's provided in the most abundant and magnificent of ways. But when I first got to Crete and got by the sea, that's when I realized what what had been missing for my mental health all those 40 years. It was extraordinary. You can never underestimate the power of your environment. Um, and what is required for you. And it's now a non-negotiable for me. I used to think that it was quite a spoiled request. You know, I'd always, I'd always sit there at like 25, 30, right, I definitely need to live in a hot country and I definitely need to li live by the sea. And I'd be saying it to myself as though, like, well, that's very entitled. No, it isn't. Mm. You're a human being on planet Earth. You have, you have any right to be on any single part of it that you choose. If the cold is what thrive, you know, makes you thrive, move to fucking Finland. If the, if the desert's what, what, what lights you up, the jungle's what lights you up, go well, like, but what lights you up? And mm. I'd always assumed that it was, a, it was a privilege to be able to live somewhere like that. And it's not a privilege, it's your birthright. If mm. concrete and cold doesn't do it for you, move, you're not a tree. <laughs> you're making me want to move again. <laughs> Every time I speak to you, I'm like, oh, I need to go and live somewhere hot. And... Uh... And sunny and by a beach because I'm 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 the same. I just think yeah. yeah. 
feel amazing and alive and we're solar powered creatures you know just we be- oh god we are i mean i don't even want to hazard a guess what my face is going to look like in the next 10 years because every day for the last 18 months it's been like this in the sun so people are like get your face out the sun i'm like i'm activating my third eye fuck off <laughs> Oh, I love it. I just want to go back to a couple of things you said, actually, if that's okay. So the birth trauma, I think that is like a really valid point because I see that Ooh. all the time. Um, even to the point where you, it might not even been you that's had the birth trauma. Your mum might be holding on to birth trauma from the first. Of course, yeah. And then, you know, a previous pregnancy and that energy is carried, you know, onto the next baby and they can be raised I've seen it actually where they're raised perfect healthy baby great you know home birth no vaccines and yet they've still got health issues I mean it's much easier absolutely to- we're still you're still holding on holding on to stuff there's um there's a fact it was on Cush Mark's website actually I might um we were talking about um because I'm dealing with something with Tabitha at the moment that w- a lot of her siblings have also had the same health issue. Um, so, of course, you'd, we'd call it genetic. Mm-hmm. And I was, uh, Kush was going through with me, is, is it uh, my, myisms? Yeah. Um, and she shared this article about um, a, a parent from a concentration, that had been a, it was a concentration camp survivor. And what this, what this genetic condition turned out to be was passed pass down trauma. And I was having this conversation with Kush because I was like, that's really fascinating because the girls, Tabitha and Lola's father, who was also the father of these other children who have this similar health issue. I've always said that that darling man is one of the most, I've never seen a man hold on to stuff more, you know, more physically. He was, every time that man had an, had an added stress, his body would go that little bit that little bit more rigid he really does physically hold on to so much trauma and it's something I'm I've, I've been talking to Cush and Jacqueline about it. I'm like I'm sure it's something that's you know that's because he, he was a 90 you know 1950s island he's much much older than me he's you know he literally had a black and white childhood with like yeah. you know very strict Irish father a lot of Catholic guilt yeah. so there's you know you, you cannot underestimate what is being cellularly carried in your body you really can't completely yeah and that is yeah myasms the homeopathy term but you know that's what and you've got that right that's what's amazing though with homeopathy you know you can treat and clear I mean lots of there's it's not just homeopathy there's other ways you can get Mm. to it as well and address it but it can help clear that um that trauma that you haven't even had in your lifetime so Mm. that's brilliant though because she's amazing so I'm gonna I'm I'm so 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 fucking fortunate and I everybody always I link to everybody that I've ever worked with in my ebooks my resources sections are fucking packed but we are so fortunate that I I honestly do believe I have a litany of some of the best medicine women in the world and I'm not just saying that lightly I mean I include I include your home you have with these girls in that thank you I am so I am so blessed that I do, I can jump in my inbox and I have true, true medicine women, you know, Callie Blackwell, Jacqueline Dunn, Cushmark, these are true healers. These are women that will help you heal. It's, yeah, Cush is fucking phenomenal. 
and actually you reminded me of something else that I was going to do a post on later about how you know being healthy doesn't mean never having another symptom ever again oh god this pisses me off so much because I, I you can hear it now I sound quite wheezy I've been floored with something for the past week and people love to sort of come at me with like well you're this earth mother how you know you're you're not your kids are never supposed to be ill you're never supposed to be ill it's like we're not when my daughter has a rash or a runny nose or she's coughing up phlegm or she's burning a high temperature that's her body exhibiting perfect signs of health yes yes and as her caregiver it is my job to support her through those symptoms and not just fire a load of fucking cowpole down his throat and shove it all back in. No, I get on the phone to you or I get on the phone to Kush or I get on the phone to Jacqueline and I'm like, right, these are these symptoms that have been, and I'm never, I'm never even necessarily asking for, um, asking for remedies because 99.9% of the time, unless my kids are experiencing severe discomfort, uh, well, they'll just ride it out. But I'm more interested in trying to get to like, the, you know, why the body is suddenly start like what's it trying to detox is this emotional or is this is this physical is this because I've been a really shit mum and I've let you have croissants every day for the past 10 days or is it because you lost your kitten and you're having a grief reaction like I want to know how I can best support you as your caregiver as your nurturer as your mum but when when they're sat there with these with these symptoms for me, it's just a, it's a classic sign of health. It's yes. the body doing exactly what it's been programmed to do, what it's designed to do. Comple- oh, God. yeah. And I've got, yeah, full chills when you were saying that. Because I'm like, I, I know what it's like to have a child that can't express those symptoms. You know, my first daughter who had vaccine injury and then severe health issues. You know, she's great now, thank God. But um. I know what it's like when your child actually can't muster up a fever or can't expel huge amounts of phlegm or they just like got a constant, you know, low grade fever or constant, you know, just a little bit of a cough, but nothing Mm. much. That is a sign of low vitality. You know, that's why elderly people can't throw up fevers. Can't throw anything off and they're constant. Yeah, my kids, my kids will go through 72 hours max. And sometimes it can be really intense. You know, don't get me wrong, like... When they're burning up your programming, especially, you know, my son, who's 17 now, was fully vaccinated to schedule and he suffered no, the absolute fucking litany of problems. But I remember the fear that we've had programmed into us, you know, the minute, the second that child would have a temperature, I'd be firing Calpol down. I was, I was terrified of him being hot. As though it was the worst thing that could possibly happen, as though, you know, how desperately negligent I would be if I didn't immediately medicate him at the very 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 first sign and I would set timers so that I was alternating between ibuprofen to the calpult relentless with it and 10 years later when I've sort of let's use Tabitha as an example and she's Tabby burns very 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 hot when she's unwell and she's a typical pulsatilla she's clingy she's weepy she doesn't you know she wants she wants me to fucking wear her when she's unwell everything go you know I drop everything and that right we're going to be naked for three days in bed let's do it um but when you're left there holding your burning burning child 
you do have to start going through your programming because you know even even me who this has been my steadfast topic of choice now for going over seven years you can still lie though with your baby and think don't be don't be a dick this is this is wrong your your baby your baby's your baby's uncomfortable you should be doing something not realizing that you are doing absolutely the very 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 best thing in that moment by just providing a, a, a regulatory you know body temperature in yourself and just holding them and comforting them but it does take an extraordinary extraordinary amount of reprogramming to be able to get you know you've got to constantly constantly be validating your knowledge you know i always always point people to um how to eat how to raise a healthy child in spite of your doctor by yeah, that's good dr robert mendelson you know pull pull on your arsenals pull on these books out of your arsenals and and you know i've god that book is like my bible it's so well thumbed at this point but just to just to get that reassurance you know that you are doing the right thing and this is a completely normal thing because you're bombarded with the programming you only need to watch like anything like fucking coronation street you know casualty eastenders guaranteed there's a storyline somewhere where a kid's had a temperature at you know the first half and by the second half they're burying it you know mm. they just want to do the most fear-inducing porn possible when it comes to childhood illnesses but now I love it when I love it but when I see my kids bodies exhibiting symptoms and doing exactly what they want to do yeah, yeah. for me it's, just, it's a complete sign of vibrant health and that and I totally and to anyone listening that's thinking oh that sounds scary you know I completely empathize with what you're saying you know my kids I don't give anything you know other than homeopathy if they need yeah. it and when um you know in the earlier days when I kind of shifted from being programmed to a tree you know I remember my youngest daughter she she throws up like 40 plus fevers you know just a cold um yeah yeah, yeah. and I'd be like oh my god you know it's a test of you know nerve to to like to trust mm. that actually I don't need that the fever is the cure for whatever yeah. it is the detox process it is what whatever she needs to get out that's going to help it happen more quickly if I suppress it she's gonna it's gonna put everything back in but it is hard like I do appreciate that you know if anyone listening that sat that says but if you look at the National Institute of Clinical Excellence their guidelines say you should not use ibuprofen or cowpaw paracetamol with the sole aim of reducing a child's fever oh, there's, there's so i mean there's so much evidence now that it's the very 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 worst thing you can do but it just goes to show that that's irrelevant in the moment when all your all you've got going on is the programming that's been subtly dripped into you for years and years and years and years and years you know and it becomes it, it becomes easier, doesn't it? Like the, the more you do, like the more the kids, you, you watch your kids kick things off when you just stand back and observe and support naturally. It becomes an, it becomes an easier mindset. The programming becomes, you know, stronger and stronger that you're doing the right thing. But it's such a difficult mindset shift, especially right at the start when you're making that transition from everything's bullshit to like... Mm -hmm trying to work out what the best thing to do is but when you've done it once it gets easier and then you'll notice so as well they throw things off quicker and quicker mm. you know my eldest who was she couldn't she just used to have low-grade fevers she will now get ill in a really vibrant way you know she'll have a fever for a day and then she'll be well again so you know it's and I mean when they're small as well I've noticed it with Lola um you know they, they almost have developmental leaps 
yeah straight after these straight after these illnesses it's almost like their body's gone in like gone into this hibernation mode briefly and then just burst out again with like she seems to always come out bright with about 18 new words I'm like the fuck yeah that is uh, yeah I, I need to read a bit more up on this they're all you know I haven't read anything specific but I know like I've met courses with Jane Donegan and things and they say that there are developmental leaps studies to show that particularly like chicken pox as well as another one they often get um good leaps after yeah so yes so people listening have faith if you haven't quite made the shift mm. you know, doing nothing is doing something because i think and just re keep reading like i said the light because dark fear is darkness and the knowledge is light and if you keep reading keep reading keep reading there are so many books out there now that you can be reading that you know um suzanne humphreys and the dr mendelson ones and so so many but the light of knowledge will illuminate the darkness of fear and that there is no greater fear than thinking that you're doing the wrong thing for your child so it's it's important to knowledge up outside of the emergency like don't wait until your child's got the temperature and you're you know i say this i say this about cancer like there people stop panic reading about all sorts you know all cancer therapies as soon as they found the lump or as soon as they've got the diagnosis learn everything you're mm. human so learn everything about how the human body works now like learn it now because when you're in that panic mode mm. you're it's too late in mm. in a way because the fear's already taken over and you're you're, you're not going to be in that mindset of being able to take full radical responsibility for your healing like you're you're a human being in a human body so learn now yeah. everything you can about how that body works and what symptoms are and what root causes are and what you know what what withheld trauma can do to your body like learn all about it now don't wait until your kids got the your kids burning up or you found a lump do it now that is my advice to everyone listening fucking start learning now such wise advice you've mentioned some really good books like on this uh, raising a healthy child and stan humphrey's one like what about cancer that's a huge topic you know where can people start if they want to learn about that? i would start always with with cancer i would start with callie blackwell's um resources but i'm very much of the mind because people all that's one of my most top ten questions yeah but what would you do if you got this what would you it's always pretty much always come what would you do if you got cancer it's like number one i'll never know and I'll tell you for why. The moment I start to feel that something is wrong with my body, I will first thing I will I will do is I will undergo a classic detox, which for me would be a, say a seventy-two hour water fast, a urine therapy, and I'd go straight back into trying to get myself back into a place of homeostasis. If I couldn't, that's when I would start working with healers and looking at suppressed traumas and working with homeopaths and working with people like you and Kush and Jacqueline. I will never know what the diagnosis is because it is irrelevant. It is a word that you are clinging to and it is completely and utterly irrelevant because there is no, you're either in disease or you're not. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's just basic as that you're either in dis-ease or you're not so the goal needs to be is to working every day to move your body into a place of ease so I will never ever ever know what any diagnoses are because nothing I have or will no symptom that I ever produce I couldn't care less what label it is 
I genuinely couldn't care less what label it is. So that would be always my advice would be just start now on constantly trying to get your body into a place of ease. But obviously cancer is the trigger word and it's the word that, um, that everybody's terrified about because they've been programmed to be. But Callie Blackwell, who for those who don't know, I mean, Callie's story, she, her, her darling son, Darren, was in hospice care, funeral planned out. Uh, he had two rare cancers. Uh, her, her book is called The Boy in Seven Billion because it was a one in seven billion chance that he would get both of these cancers at the same time. And um, Darren was in a hospice and in an end of life care and Callie began treating him illegally behind the nurse's back in the hospice. And Darren's now thriving. Darren has been cancer free for about 10 years. Darren's an absolute fucking machine. And Callie's, Callie's advice is, is second to none. She understands she the research and the reading that she did she understands this on a very base level mm-hmm. and so yeah it's all about just it, throw, throw out the labels and throw out the and it's, it's a classic fucking COVID isn't I've had, I've had COVID I've had yeah fucking it's it's a word yeah it's a, it, it's that's all it is it just stop people are so desperate to label their symptoms it has to be this it has to be this no, your body's diseased. Fix it. And do you know, I mean, I, I despise labels. You know, I think sometimes maybe they can serve a place, you know, but maybe in the beginning for certain things, but very, very limited. You know, as soon as my daughter was had her label, I had to mm. throw it away psychologically mm. because I was like, my yeah. God, when you start going on these groups and there's no hope and you're stuck with it and it's mm. learning and I'm like I don't want that no chuck it away but it's really yeah hard. once you've been like it's almost like you've not been hexed or cursed by the doctor mm. you have this you know there's no hope it's like you take this very hard to get out of that mindset then once you've got that label it and really I, is I don't know as well all these like names and labels we have for all these conditions like you know kids with ADHD or you know SPD, sensory process disorder, and autism, pathological demand avoidance, and oppositional defiance disorder, and this, that, and the other, you know, and I'm like, there, it actually, in wanting, it, the narrative contradicts itself, because it's almost like, in wanting to be accepting of all of this, you're actually pigeonholing people into these labels. Yeah. It's bizarre, I can't, like, can't. And people, people love the labels, you get some, some, some real victim mentality, but people, you really, you, you see the difference in people who, are just they're so happy to have a label and they love you know introducing them to yeah I'm diabetic hi yeah, so I shouldn't have clinging <laughs> clinging to their labels like well who are you it's what I was saying earlier about like I, I, I at one point didn't know who I was unless I was angry all the time these people, people they don't know who they are without their diagnosis yeah it's, and then there's that ownership identity yeah my you know asthma or mm. my and we yeah. do, you know, it's so easy to slip into even something like, you know, my headaches. Like, no, mustn't call it Mark, mustn't own it. It's Don't not own like, it, yeah. Release yeah. it. Yeah, but it is um, it is easier said than done sometimes. But, you know, people can, they just need to realise, take responsibility. But I think there are, do you think everyone can has that ability to take responsibility for themselves? Or do you think? No, hmm. no, I don't. Um, everyone's got, everyone's got the everyone's got the capability to 
Um, but I, I think it comes it comes down to wanting to. A lot of people don't want to. They truly don't. They want to be told how to live. And uh, they want to accept. It's so much easier to accept that everything that's wrong with you is because of an external factor. It can't possibly be because of the choices that you're making. Because that can be... It's the start of the journey because that's what sometimes breaks you when you realize that actually every single thing that's the, that's, that's the matter is, be, <coughs> excuse me, is because of the choices I've made. Now, when those choices that you've made have resulted in your child's health being severely compromised, as it was in both of our situations, sometimes to much, much, much greater tragedy and consequence. When you're trying to sit there and take complete responsibility for the fact that every single shit thing that's going on with yours and your kids' health is because of the choices that you've been making or, or refusing to acknowledge, it's, you know how painful it is. I know how painful it is. It, it quite lets your dark night of the soul. Mm. It strips away everything you ever thought was, was real. And what people don't realise is it can, it's also the most liberating of information that you're ever going to learn. Because if you've got yourself into this, you can get yourself out of it. Yes. That's what people need to take me. Like, rather than sitting there and wallowing in the terror of, oh, my God, I've caused all this. Oh, my God, I've caused all this. Oh, my God. Then I can uncause it. And I can, if that's my power, that's my power. But people don't. I think it's it's very reassuring to be able to sit in there, just not take responsibility at all. No, I didn't cause any of it. It's all external. Mm-hmm. It was all. It was because it was because of the germs. All because of the germs. Yeah, and it. I, I I remember at that moment when I was reading. I was actually reading Toxic World, Toxic People, just as I was, you know, starting to think, what the hell can I do about this situation that we're in? And there was a chapter on vaccines, and Jane Donegan had done a bit about you know, um, the whole vaccination and actually it was uh, good health that led to reduction in diseases, not vaccination. And it was, I could feel the clogs turning and I was like, if this has been caused by me, you know, and it's horrible, like it's hideous. You have to go through a big working on yourself. Big, big yourself. Really, so it's, yeah, big, big he- part of a healing journey is taking that responsibility. But it's liberating to realise, fuck, I can change this actually, mm. you know, and, and then I became, like, because I'm quite stubborn and bloody-minded, you know, I became fixated on fixing the issues. So there is, there's a flip side, like you say. Um, there really is. It's an, it, it, it all begins with taking that responsibility. And, you know, I mean, my God, and don't, don't be put off by how long this, this stuff takes either. Like, I went into, it was an almost two-year paralysis of... Right, okay, I, I accept I've caused it all. Now what? Literally two years of that. Like it wasn't, it wasn't this, this you know, quick revelation. Of, mm-hmm. It was like uh, almost two years of like chewing my hair, being like uh, paralyzed. But as long as you're putting like, as long as you're making that little bit of progress every single day, soon it's, well, I can't even put it into words what it's like on the other side. It's so fucking liberating. Yeah, it's it is. It's worth worth the journey. Very much, very much. Yeah, that's a bit of an understatement. It's worth the journey. No, it's like yeah, completely and utterly. Like you know, you have yeah, you don't 
do it if you're procrastinating mm. you know you will and I think that's the other thing you're so right just that progress not perfection every day that you do something to improve whether that's a little bit like a tiny diet change or just swapping some of your vegetables for organic the ones small, the smallest smallest things I mean the, the, I've already mentioned this once but the book how to do the work by um Dr Nicole Lapira she's she details some great case studies in that book and one of them is about you know you sort of you come to light and you, you make these elaborate lists right from now on, I'm only eating organic. I'm going to get up at six o'clock every morning and do Kundalini yoga. I'm going to do I'm going to do an ice bath a day. I'm going to do breath work. And you, of course, you get up the next morning. Of course, you fail. It's like anything. You can't make these big, massive changes all in one day. And uh, one of the case studies in the book, I want to say Abby, but I might have the name wrong. Abby was like, you know, a fucking whole world's falling apart and all the rest of it. Self-sabotaging to fuck kept making all these elaborate lists, never, never managed them. So she set herself one goal and it was to drink one extra glass of water a day. That was it. She was just going to drink one extra glass of water a day. She knew it was good for her. She, from that, just from the start of that small, forming that one habit, another multitude of habits built and another, and, and, and more fell away. Do you know what I mean? Don't underestimate the smallest. It's like, right, I'm going, to unfo- I'm going to unfollow anybody that no longer serves me on social media. Mm-hmm. Even if you just did that this week, you've made a really positive change to your energy field. You've made a really positive change into what you're allowing into your, into your energy exchange. So don't underestimate the smallest, smallest steps. Like people look at my life, like you said, on social media, you know, I'm always on the beach, manifested my dream home, you know, life's brilliant. I promise you that this has been a seven year journey of the smallest steps and some weren't even steps, some were me literally fucking dragging myself, like hands on the carpet, fucking pulling myself, just that extra little half meter because it's not, and no one shows that part of the journey. I mean, I did on my Instagram, but they pulled it. My, my, that whole Instagram account's gone now, which is shit because I was sharing my journey. But um, no, one, no one shares that as much as they're sharing the, you know, the great stuff. So even the smallest habit, the smallest of habit, if you know it's a habit that's going to serve you, no matter how small it is, just practice on that one and before you know it you'll notice that that doing that one has knocked another one away and then you'll do another you'll form another good habit and that'll kick another one out and it's it's just one big process it really is yeah I completely and utterly like relate to that you know I started with an Epsom salt bath at night and then noticed the girls were sleeping better and you know and just all the and I was like oh and it motivates you 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 can do a thing to see more results than you think and then it yeah, absolutely absolutely yeah. just the small like t- turn your phone off at night stop looking don't look at the screen an hour before bed these tiny things that you you constantly read about it you'll call you'll always see a meme of it but you'll never truly apply it even though you, you and you know it makes sense just try these small tiny incremental changes and before you know it the thought of me having a screen near my in my eyes line last thing at night fills me with dread I couldn't imagine anything anything worse but that was a really hard habit to break I used to love lying in bed 
scrolling my Insta right until right until the last minute. What harm was that possibly doing? And when no, no, I'm, I'm just going to commit just for a week. I'm going to commit for a week. I'm going to turn it off at least an hour before bed. Fuck me, I could not pick that habit back up now if you tried because it's the change. Just that one thing changed enormously. I was waking up brighter. I was got falling into deeper sleeps. My energy levels were higher. Just that yeah. one tiny little change. I'd like to completely get rid of social media altogether. I, I am throwing my fucking phone into the sea as soon as I've got, as soon as I'm sorted financially. That oh, I I, I can't wait. For, I hate, I hate it. I hate the place. It's such an energy drain. As well. I mean, I need it for like my business. Same. But, yeah, and I there are some days, and I do like you know I'll start a post, and then you know you interact a few DMs, blah blah blah, and then I'm scrolling before I know yeah. it, and like half an hour's gone, and I'm like, oh my god, this is just horrible. Mm. But, yeah, it's, it's the do it's the dopamine hit. They've 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 programmed it all so well. It's just that you know quick success and another thing and another thing and another thing. You know, it's that instant gratification again. That nothing's delayed, and so. No, it's a dangerous, dangerous um, place to be, social media, in my opinion. But it's, it's a necessary evil for right now. Um, mm. But I don't think I've got a long future. I mean, that would be wonderful, wouldn't it? it, if we all are so just living yes. without our phones. That feels like, to me, that feels like, you know, the dream. big steps. That feels like more bigger than I don't know relocating to Thailand or something no this, this is it you the, yeah you're still connected to it you're still I'm I'm a, I'm a slave to the fucking thing as much as anybody um progress well. connection, you know we're <laughs> embodying that <laughs> so, yeah um so what okay sorry to ask you a few more things you're right for a yeah go yeah go for it so one thing you said uh, a little while ago was about you know at the start of lockdown agenda 2030 you know your work so you have to get out so that was that sort of bit of a fear based place to make decisions you know and you're obviously not in that now mm. you're how have you gone from that how do we make decisions not out of fear because even great decisions okay so for example I'm thinking about home educating my eldest daughter I do my youngest but she's older and it was easy last year you know last year and I, I didn't because she's in her last year of primary I thought I'd just let her finish she wanted to finish last year last year it would have been easy oh well they're all wearing masks I don't want her doing that I could have easily have made that decision out of a fear-based place but mm. now obviously the masks have gone in secondary schools so I if any decision I make is purely it's not out of fear-based which sometimes I find easier like it's like have being pushed isn't it as yeah well as oh god yeah making a leap of like actually no this will benefit her better so let's do it there doesn't have to be something shit for you to walk away from it can be okay but you're making a decision just because it's better not because you don't want to be part of that so how how do you make these decisions you know because you obviously are, you, that's what you do now how do you <laughs> from that it's I mean I think a, a bit a some of it can come down to your um, your human design and what your emotional authority is. I know that I've I've read a lot into that because I was I've made a lot of decisions in fear that that haven't always worked out. So 
I, I do sit with things. I mean, leaving the UK, obviously, that was my, that was my big like, nah, we're going, it's, it, it's, it's time. I'd been having it, it was the weirdest thing because I'd been having it come through to me for the longest time that something to do with mandatory vaccines was imminent. Mm-hmm. And I can't explain it. I, I'll, never be able, I'll never be able to explain it, but I'd had it on my heart for, for at least three or four years. I was like, something to do with mandatory vaccines is imminent. I could I feel it. Too, Eva. I felt exactly yeah. that, yeah. It's, uh, so many people have said that to when I've confessed that so many people have gone I had exactly the same I knew it would be the vaccines I, I just knew it was so when when COVID happened and obviously I thought right this 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 is the this is the war I've been fucking predicting let's go mm. um whereas now I I think because I've, I've got I've really managed to differentiate what's my instinct speaking and what's my anxiety speaking? And I think that's that's key, but that's different for everybody. I can really spot now, no, that's anxiety. No, I'm not gonna listen yeah. to you, that's anxiety. Whereas, oh, hang on, no, fuck, that's no, that's that's source, that's instinct, that's that's my that's my that's my higher self talking. And it's trying to differentiate between between those voices. And what I'd recommend is if you're struggling, if you're struggling to tell which is anxiety and which is which is instinct look at what you're feeding like have you just had a good hour's scroll on social media it's probably anxiety then like have you had caffeine today what's your diet been like and if you can't answer those questions then just just sit with it and get yourself into a place where you know you've not got any outside distractions like take yourself out into nature take your shoes off ground if you can go for a cold swim but move yourself into a place where there's no there's no distraction and you're really you're really in your center and that doesn't have to be an immediate thing there's very few things that need to be done right away like pull yourself into the now and then it's like what's the situation I'm dealing with and there's only ever two options you've only ever got two options for a situation that you're dealing with accept it or change it Mm, yeah those are your two options if you're good if you can't change it accept it accept it wholeheartedly accept it with grace peace love accept it Accept that you cannot change that situation and learn how to live with it in peace and grace or change it. Those are your two options. Um, and so that that would be my my recommendation would be to try and get yourself into a place of like centered groundness, get outdoors, get your shoes off, do some breath work, focus in on what it is, right? Are you gonna accept it or are you gonna change it? I think like with schooling schooling the sort of schooling question that you're asking you you'll know on on your visceral level what the best thing to do is and regardless of maths and everything me personally like I'd never allow my kids into school again because I don't believe in what they're being taught that germ theory right the whole curriculum for me I mean my god I saw the most pathetic article in the daily mail oh I think it was Holly Willoughby and it was how am I explaining the situation to the, in the Ukraine to my children? Why, why is anyone explaining the situation in Ukraine to their children? You don't understand the situation in Ukraine, Willoughby. I guarantee you don't. So why are you explaining it to your children? And I promise you, there'll be schools, up, there'll be primary schools up and down the fucking country now painting Ukrainian flags. I promise you there will be, and you know, telling little five and six-year-olds 
about how the big bad Russian man is coming. Now, I am not for one moment dismissing any worldwide tragedy. So please don't anybody listening think that think that I am. What I am saying is there are tragedies occurring all around the world all the time and you're only being told about a very specific view and that's the same thing that your children have been educated with there will be primary children there will be school children right now getting their heads filled with the exact propaganda of whatever they want them to, to know for this current war hmm. why do you want your kids to know that nobody wants their kids to, to, to know that they don't need to know any of that at all yeah. like my kids don't understand borders <laughs> and yeah. i want that to, i want that to, to to stay that way that's that's their education that uh that they're experiencing so yeah tune in no i know i know the answer already i'm just like i know exactly and do you know what i you know we don't have the telly on or anything in the house but um the radio was on the other day and a bit came on it was a foreign radio station i like listening to foreign radio stations because you just get the music Good, it's good. It's a good manifesting technique if you want to move abroad as well. You're embodying it. But there was, it was a, actually, it was a French one, but it was English. That suddenly the news came on, and, and my daughter, my oldest, just went over, whacked it off, turned it off. But she heard a bit about you. She does that as soon as I bring the car, off it goes. Yeah. Um, but she's like started asking questions, you know, because she's heard a little bit, and obviously at school, mm. they make them watch news rounds, you know. So um, I've oh, said. God, yeah. I've said it's just like, I said, you know, like how COVID, they put it on the news all the time to control us. I was like, it's not that there might not be stuff going on, but there's stuff going on all across the world. And there always has been. There's always bad stuff, like in some parts of the world, sadly, you know, but they're using this to control people because just, you know, I've said just with COVID, people that are scared are much easier to control. I was like, people that are scared. Um, are now going to be scared of war and it's the same thing it's just a different I said now we've moved from Covid to war so there you go Holly will it be that's how you yeah, take in it. it that's how you explain it mm. but that is that's all that's all that should be getting explained it's like I, my heart sinks with what indoctrination the kids are, are, are going to be getting filled with right now from like I said from them validating whatever fear propaganda is currently being played out to all, oh, don't get me started on the fucking gender LGBTQ oh. bullshit that they're teaching kids in school. You don't want your kids knowing any of that. I'm sorry, but you don't. Nobody <laughs> does. Nobody does. And I want to do a post about this because I know I'm going to trigger the fuck out the fuck out of a lot of people that I say this to. But people need to be need to be honest about what they're sending their kids to school for because I don't believe it's education. Hold your hand up and say you want the childcare. Yeah. That's like, like honestly, you know, I, trigger is going to trigger a lot of people. That, but be honest, be completely honest with yourself. What are you sending your child to that place for? Is it for an education, or is it for childcare? Answer that question honestly with yourself, and then you'll have a like a better idea of what you're dealing with. Because when I ask people that, when they really look at it, they're like, it's childcare. It is. And it is. Yeah. I'd give fucking anything for free for nine to three childcare. I don't let the social media facade fool you. I'm not Julie Andrews. I've not got the fucking guitar out every day making it. No, mama needs a break. Mama needs, mama needs breaks. Like, I would love someone to be able to say, yeah, nine to three thirty. Yeah, yeah. 
be honest guys you've not got your kids there for education you haven't yeah no completely yeah completely that is that, that is why I think I mean yes absolutely and people should I need to take I'm, I'm half there you know but um, and actually home educating my youngest has been the best decision I ever made right. um so yeah I don't know oh it's the old are oh, these excuses I'm, look, listen I'm te- I can hear myself listen, my, my son stayed stayed in school when I first started deciding I decided Tabitha was never going to go to school Sebastian was 10 when Tabitha was born and he finished his primary and it was his it was his last year of primary that I started coming to the light I begged that boy to let me pull him out of school now in hindsight I actually wish that I'd just done it Mm. and that I I hadn't taken his feelings into consideration which troll me all you want for that but it's how I feel um but no, he he passionately and, and very decidedly wanted to stay in school. And so I think that's why it's so important to just never put them in. Yeah, completely. Basically, because then you get to the age where I know Jacqueline's got the same, you know, one of the same issues with, no, I want to stay in school. And you've mm. got to, you know, you've got to respect your children's decisions, especially when they've been in it and they've formed their... They've got these relationships, you know, with their peers and everything. So my advice from, from the get-go would be just never put them in. But obviously, I, I appreciate that that's not... That's it, not I, I know, I, I agree with you. My experience, you know, my youngest, I mean, she went... It was easier because of lockdown. You know, she mm. wasn't going to get school for reception in year one. And then I pulled her out. And there are so many home ed groups, particularly for younger ones. That's what I'm trying yeah. much easier. And, you know, if you've never, never send them or you do it when they're younger, you'll find groups. It gets that bit. Oh, harder. definitely. And it's people think it's it's so time consuming. And, you know, you, they think you've got to sit down at tables all day and, you know, nine to three. I promise you just live your life and have your, have your child next to you and they'll yeah. learn what you need to do. That up so back to when you said about um LGBTQT. How many is, is it now? I don't. I don't actually know. Um, but the I know so many people. This is more older actually, older kids. But people that have actually had to pull their kids out of school more like early teens because they they've had um, people come in. You know, charities where they've sort of said. Oh, if you're confused or if you're anxious or if you feel like, you know, isolated or alone, it might be because you're um, gender neutral. You're in the wrong body. Yeah. And so and it's really that these kids at that age, everyone, when you're a teenager and, and, you know, my some of my best friends are gay. So I am not Mm. for one minute like. I've had many a relationship with a woman myself. It's okay. We've got. Yeah. Age, teenagers are difficult you know and look at like a really silly example but Angelina was probably not even true but Angelina Jolie's kid who um you know was called himself or herself John you know and dressed as a boy and now mm. she's going to premieres dressed as a you know as a well beautiful she's back to her old name and she's wearing these ball gowns if the kid if if she she could have perhaps some parents would have had a have a gender there are so many kids that there, there's so many cases of, of people that have started these treatments that are that are regretting it. Mm. It's utterly, utterly absurd to to even begin the notion that you have been 
born in the wrong body. If anybody cannot see that that is the, it's grooming for the transhumanism age mm. that's coming, it's disgusting. And I've been accused of being so intolerant and all the rest of it because I'm not, not, not allowing my children to be, to be told that there are more than two genders, which there are not, there are two. My children have lived on a commune with me uh, these past, you know, we lived on a commune for six months. There was a guy there who loved to wear long flowing skirts. He had these really beautiful, elaborate earrings. He always had his nails painted. He was covered head to toe in tattoos. He was a boy that liked to dress as a girl. The girls saw that, never once questioned it. There was no weirdness about it. You know, they had, there was this other guy there, you know, gorgeous black guy, gay. He'd always regale us around the fire with tales of guys he fancied. My girls see that, yeah, men can love men, women can love women. Mm. All you need to, all you're teaching your children is that everybody's allowed to express themselves yeah. and love whoever they want. That's the only life lesson that needs to be taught there. Not, oh, if you're feeling a little bit depressed, not to worry, we can hack your tits off and give you a synthetic dick. Honest to God, it's the most insidious. It, it sickens me to my stomach. This grooming that is going on right now, allowing taking these. Con of course, all teenagers are confused. Jesus Christ, I must have gone through more identity crisis from ages like fucking 13 to 22. I can't work out who I was, who I wanted to be. It's absurd that they are taking it labeling it as an illness labeling it like, get convincing you that you've been born into the wrong body oh god if anybody has she or her in their bio and they try and follow me i just block them just i love oh, yeah when i know it's... don't ask me my pronouns i swear to god i will smear menstrual blood on your face and then i will ask you what you think my fucking gender is Oh, the world's got, the world's gone insane. But no, I think I, I think it's a greatest act of service anyone can do right now is pull your children out of schools. I don't give a shit if the teachers aren't wearing masks. I don't give a shit if they if they've dismissed all the COVID and no one's getting tested. They're teaching germ theory. They're teaching that there are more than two genders. Mm -mm, abort, abort, abort. Like literally, jump shape now. Yeah, you you are no completely, completely, hundred percent right. Thank you for clearing well, just giving me a slight reality check. <laughs> yes, right. Definitely. No, and actually, you know, one of the best books, I've said it on loads of other podcasts before, but Dumbing Us Down by John Taylor Gatto is the most mm. amazing. I read that and I was like, oh my God, I said to my husband, this was just before lockdown, I read it and ironically we went into um homeschooling anyway I was thinking of home educating but I read that and I was like this has been as mind opening for me as when I first discovered the damage that vaccines cause it's just, it's just so terrifying what they're being drip fed with and you cannot underestimate because you know I, I know this from working myself as a self-sabotage coach but the only way to change your program is repetitive 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 action and thoughts repetitive 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 you cannot underestimate the damage that just the slightest little things that they are repeatedly being exposed to in school are going to cause you really can't it's it, it, I, I could i could weep I, I, I 
I could weep for what the the, the generations are going to look like that are being brought up with this with this insidious programming. Every single child that's born is going to be an IVF baby. It's absurd. It's it's just oh. how. What I want to ask, actually, you know, you talked about um, how reprogramming. How do we reprogram our minds? And I want you to, people to know about the next workshop that you're doing. So, you know, I think it's really important to reprogram our minds. And I don't necessarily think it's that easy. Maybe <laughs> it how do we do it? Yeah. It's, it, 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 it is really, really easy, but it's not simple. Otherwise, everybody would be doing it. But it really is. It's It's constant repetitive exposure to what you want to be seeing, to what you want your life to look like. And it's, em <coughs> excuse me, yeah. it's embodying, it's embodying that vision. Song lyrics are a, are a, are a great example. So you cannot, under when you're driving, you're in a particularly hypnotic state or when you're doing housework, you'll put, you'll put a playlist on, you'll put some music on, you will have those lyrics going round and round and round and round in your head and they're seeping into your subconscious. And unless you're really, really aware of what those lyrics are that you're saying to yourself, they become mantras. They really do become mantras and you have to be so, so very aware. It's bringing a consciousness into every state. I went through my playlist and I have absolutely, in fact, see if I can get, um, what the girls and I play at the moment up for you guys, just so you can listen to what the first few lyrics are. But lyrically is a great way to start sh shifting your mindset. So I had this song on repeat um, recently. And if I can just find the lyrics for you guys, I have caught my kids singing this all the time. Right. Oh yeah, I'm so happy, every little cell in my body is healthy and well. Constant. And it's, like, I want to link to that if that's okay. I will that's send okay. you the link that it's called The Great Medicine Show, Every Little Cell. Um, it's on Spotify. But I do I have these, I have these Spotify playlists that I give to people. It is it's constant repetitive information that you're taking into your subconscious. Even if for the first, if you didn't have a clue what you were doing, every time you catch your brain wandering somewhere you'll you and you'll find yourself doing it all throughout the day you'll find yourself replaying a, a film scene or you'll find yourself replaying a conversation take that moment the moment you acknowledge it and start repeating 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 any phrase any that you want I'm so rich and powerful I'm so I'm so healthy I'm so wealthy I'm so happy I give love I receive love everything I do is working out for my greater good every decision I make is in my is in my best interest just fill yourself full of repetitive, repetitive, positive, positive affirmations. I swear to God, it changes the vibration of your whole being. Your mind is a very, very simple, simple computer program. And it's up to you with what you fill it with. It really, really is. But repetitiveness is that's 
repetitive positivity. Not in a, you can't fake positivity, but you can, you can fake it till you make it, specifically with your subconscious. Just repeat, repeat, repeat things that you want to be happening. How do you want to feel? I am happy. I am happy. I am happy. I swear to God, repeat it often enough, you'll become happy. We're not complicated. We're not complicated beings. We're really not. We're very, very simple. I love that idea of doing it by music because music for me is a thing. It when really I works. Music yeah. and passwords. If you've got a password, there's there's a particular um, app that I go on daily, and every time I have to go on, I have to uh, retype out the full password. Anything that you're typing out repetitively, make it a power statement. Mm. I am so healthy and wealthy. Make it a power. I have I give out my email subscription list that um that I know that you subscribe to, and you're supposed to split things into campaigns and give all your different emails a campaign. And I it's it's only for you to see. I don't, I've na I name every one of my emails the same and it's I'm healthy and wealthy. So whenever I go onto my email subscription list, there's just, it's just, it looks like I've just been writing lines. It's just that repeated, I'm so healthy and wealthy. And even if you just read the first three lines, it's already gone in. It's already gone in and you're repeating it. Don't underestimate the power of what you are saying to yourself. Yeah, and that's, I love, oh, I, that is such a, life hack because some you know i know affirmations are really good and like we ideally you know sit stand in front of a mirror and do it but it's that time you know when we're and, and just making no, it absolutely yeah so look at look into what you're naturally doing all the time if there's something that you're repeatedly exposing yourself like screensavers all sorts make just make sure it's constantly something that if you're looking at it multiple times a day it needs to be a powerful affirmation that applies to you mm, i love that so what do you do on um, on on your next? Can you tell people about your next course that's coming up? And right, I'm this. I'm super 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 excited about this one. So it's launching on the twenty first of March. It's going to be a six a six week journey where you're going to look deep into how they've been programming you, and then I'm going to give you all the greatest self sabotage tips on how to reprogram yourself. But not only that, I'm sharing with you my manifestation formula that I've seen works for me time and time and time again. People think manifestation is all the secret. You know, you ask, believe, you receive. It's, there's not. There's a formula and it is centered in truth. It is centered in truth. I'm also going to be sharing my manifestation um, techniques with everybody. But what I'm super excited most of all about, I want to give practical, practical advice on how to exit the system. So I've got three guest speakers also appearing. I've got Louise, who is a radical unschooler, and she's also built the most incredible off-grid land for um, life for her family. She's our big rad life on um, Facebook. I have got a crypto expert coming in and giving everybody that doesn't have a fucking clue a beginner's guide to building your own wallet, storing crypto, because that's something that I, I don't want to push fear into anybody, but we've seen it happen now with Canada, freezing the bank accounts. Mm. I've had my own PayPal account suspended twice in nature of what's selling. I don't want to um, feed this whole digital AI existence that's going on. Similarly, we have to be realists. We have to look at what practical steps we can take to stay three steps ahead of the game. Okay. And for me, 
I haven't dealt in cash now in over a year. It's, I'm all crypto. Um, for anybody that wants to um, information, there's a crypto expert coming in. And I've also got my friend Sally coming in because Sally is a nomad like me. She left the UK with fuck all. And this girl builds businesses from her phone everywhere she goes. And I, she's going to go come on and give a webinar on how to turn your passion and make money on the road. So it's literally, there's so much in this next, in this next um, course. It's going to be how to reprogram your thoughts, manifest your dream reality. And I have got bona fide people coming in that can give you actual practical steps on how to get your kids out of the system, how to build a crypto portfolio and how to build a business. So everything's going. It sounds awesome. What days is it? What day is it going to be on? How does it work? The format? So it launches the 21st of March. There's going to, there will be um, a video webinar to watch once a week that will hit your inbox. There will also be a live Zoom Q&A once a week. You'll be a member of a private Instagram page and the webinars will be delivered from the experts. They will hit your inbox in a video format. There's also going to be workbooks that you're going to be working your way through. So you will need to attend live once a week, but the rest will, you'll be able to watch on record. That sounds amazing. I'm going to have to get myself on it at some point because that does sound awesome. I love it. Um, and your book, your new ebook as well. Can we my new ebook, you need to, be, if you want to know how to align, the, my ebook is the best tip I could give you for sort of a beginner's guide to manifestation. It's how to really look at what you're, it's all an energy game. It's all an energy game and an energy exchange. And it really shows you how best to direct your energy just to bring in everything. Well, everything you want is your birthright. If you can imagine it, you can have it. I used to think it was luxury. I used to think dreams of living by the sea and doing whatever you wanted all day were luxury. No, they're not. They're your birthright. Not only are they birthright, you can do them on fucking no money as well. I promise you that. And I love the title, Free Your Mind and Your Ass Will Follow. And it is the truth. Free your mind and your ass will follow, child. <laughs> I'm going to put links to all of this because there's so much useful stuff that we've um, discussed. Can I like ask you a final question? Of course. What you think the future sort of holds? Oh, psychic. Sorry, <laughs> suddenly I'm no, asking. I think it, it holds. I think it holds two separate realities. Um, I think it's very obvious um, the march that we're on, which is, you know, transhumanism, genderless existence, babies born in incubators, everybody chips, accessing, you know, various things. And then I think on the flip side, there is a glorious existence where people are just living at one with the land. And there are communities like that spring, you know, there's so many here in Portugal now, there's so many all over the world, there's so many in England where people are just living back how we how we were always supposed to with that ultimate connection to source with that ultimate connection to each other and where everything's just there's so much abundance out there there's everything we I, I get emotional when I say this, but everything you want is already out there like water's falling from the sky all right the sun's always going to shine fruit always is always going to grow animals are always going to be there to, to nourish us We've got everything we need now. They can't take any of that. It's all the passion mama's giving it to us on the daily. She's birthing new animals daily. She's growing new trees daily. Nature will always find a way. So 
as long as you're you're connected with that, as long as you're connected to source, we will always be provided for and we'll be provided for in abundance. So like, don't fear. If you want to break out of that system, don't let it drag, don't let it drag you with it. Step out of it because there is going to be two parallel worlds existing, I believe. One of this, you know, transhumanism, microchips, viruses, and then the other which is just fucking freedom and love and acts of service. And I believe that, yeah, I think that's where, that's where we're heading. And I'm happy that I'm on this road and not yeah. that one. We get to choose, don't we? We have the power we do. to choose which one. And if you want to stay, you know, if you want to stay in the matrix, don't feel bad about staying in the matrix. Some people, you know, some people enjoy it. You enjoy it, stay. Yeah. Like you said, you change it or accept it. Like the choose. Go, accept this now. You've got two options always: accept it or change it. See, I've been listening. I've been taking it all in. But just do, but do either of those things are great. Yeah, definitely good advice. So before I, I love chatting. I could just chat to you about loads of stuff, but I'm conscious of your time and you know taking up lots of it. But is there anything before we depart? You know that you want to tell the listeners or share that we haven't covered? Just tune it, tune into your instinct. Always let your instinct dictate your choices instead of an algorithm and you will be, you will live a much happier, freer existence. I promise. Yeah. Very good advice. Very good words to finish on. Thank you so much for coming on. You are so welcome. Thank you for having me, my darling. Thank you.